Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. The Dobbins Inn Hotel sits in the heart of Carrig, Fergus, Northern Ireland. The family-run business is steeped in history, which goes back for some 500 years when a tower house was first built on the site. The town has been in existence since medieval times, seeing many sieges and rebellions by Irish, Scottish and English lords and kings, and attacks by French troops and American revolutionaries. All this bloody history sets the scene for ghostly apparitions and residual hauntings to be ever-present in the modern-day town. Will we find any reference to spooky happenings at the Dobbins Inn? Apparently, some ghosts still call this place home. Let's see who they are. Hi, my name's Renata. And I'm Anne, and welcome to this week's episode of True Hauntings, where we head to Northern Ireland. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hey, welcome back, and to the studio 2022. How is it panning out? I've got no real idea because we're still actually in 2021 <laughs> recording so that we are ahead for next year for when we start travelling. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we and haven't even hit Christmas yet. We're yeah. still working. And at the moment, chaos is ensuing all over the city. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are in a terrible state. So I'm hoping looking back at this recording from when it gets posted uh, in January 2022. Actually, it's all over and it's done and, done we're, and, and we're in a good space. Yeah. That's, 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 I'm sending, I'm, I'm projecting that energy out into the future mm-hmm. and placing it in January. 
and I'm making hand signals here, moving yeah, it around. She's wearing a top that's got very loose arms, and I just saw straight <laughs> down into her furry armpits. <laughs> I don't have furry armpits. It's one oh, thing I don't what have. What is that mould down once, there? What is it? <laughs> something dark and dingy there. <laughs> once menopause hit, all the all the hair under my arms fell out. Everything fell out. That's I'm it. not going any further than that. Please, I don't want to know any more. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, yes. We're not going to talk about Christmas. Happy New Year, people. It's done and dusted. We don't even know when this is going to come out. So, yes. Yeah. What did you get for Christmas? COVID. (laughs) (laughs) This one's going to be like a Newcastle. Anyway. Oh, dear. But we are, look, the tours are selling really well. And we've done our first uh, Naughty and Nice Tarot show, which we called Messages from Spirit, the Mm -hmm. frightfully good way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that went down a treat. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. hit our KPI on tears and Mm -hmm. we had lots of laughter. Yes. And And, uh, the group really sort of uh, got together. They all bonded very quickly. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. The support and everything was really awesome for people that were going through things. Yeah. And uh, it was a room full to the brim of... Women. Women. Except for one. Except for Mick. (laughs) Good on you, Mick, for representing the blokes there. But uh, that's, I mean, I know that we do, um, well, that's our our whole thing, isn't it? To empower the older woman and uh, empower women in general to uh, come out and um, run amok. Mm. (laughs) As we do. Yeah. And uh, yes, yes. So we kind of are in the dark about what's been happening because we don't know. We had a few. We, we we actually gave ourselves space to have some time off during Christmas and New Year, which really wasn't time off because we just kept working uh, to bank recordings yeah, and so bank you guys, information. So you guys have something to listen to when we go away. Uh, hopefully in April to the United Kingdom, mm. where we can visit a lot of these locations. That we're talking that about. That we're talking about. <gasps> yes. And so in this episode, we are going to Northern Ireland. We have, to a place that I have been to with my other travel companion, oh. as I'm rolling my eyes and curling my nose at oh. you. My husband. But. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take you if you really want to, although after you hear my description, you may not want to. Okay. All right. So let's let's get on to the story about the Dobbins Inn in Carrickfergus in Northern Ireland. The past and future didn't exist for them in the tunnel. They lived intensely and completely inside the wavering plane of the present, so impossible to balance in the now and breathe. Their romance defined them and ruined them. They loved the wrong people. I understand. I loved the wrong man for decades. I wish I could take some potion to cure me. My current boy toy likes me but doesn't love me. He said so. Yet we continue. Sex alone pales in comparison to Elizabeth's passion and after six centuries still torments her husband's killer. Hotel in room 21. The age she reached at death. When we enter the room, room 21, we immediately sense an icy aura. 
all our hairs stand up, pushed by palpable movement in the Arctic air. I feel unsteady. I lean against the wall that vibrates through my open palm, tingling with an electric current. I think of my ancient and forbidden romance and his twinkling eyes and lopsided grin. I know how that bittersweet can torment, even after five decades, and we didn't die together. We're both alive, and that might be worse, not to die from a broken heart, to be the Juliet who lived. Well, how was that for a little bit of a soundscape? I feel like I've just read a Mills and Boone novel. Oh, I know. That was a bit traumatic, wasn't it? I was waiting for the door to burst open and for someone that looks like, what's his face, uh, with the hair? Fabio. Fabio <laughs> to come strolling in without a shirt on. That came from an article by Kimberly Lynn. Um, and she. I've got some more to read from her stories because they were just so... Mills and Boone. So Mills and Boone. But uh, that's a little hint at who the ghosts may be Mm. at the Dobbins Inn. And I have to say that the the nickname they've given the bloke is awful. Absolutely. absolutely It's very um, creative, isn't it? So I'm not giving it away. (laughs) I'll wait for you to. Okay. It's probably you, not me, um, that tells everyone. But you'll probably go, ew. Yeah, couldn't we even. Couldn't it have been better? Ned or something. (laughs) Brown stick would have been better. I don't know. <laughs> so, Renata, tell me, what is the background of this amazing inn? Ah, oh, well, it's in Northern Ireland. and Thank you. That's uh, thank the you. end of the podcast. <laughs> right. That's my bit. See ya. And when I went looking for information about uh, Carrick, Carrick, Carrick Fergus, Fergus. Carrick Fergus, uh, I had difficulty. Mm-hmm. There's not too much there but in actual fact Carrick Fergus is actually an older township than Belfast wow and it is a walled city mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to run to the end of my story before I go back to the beginning because while I was looking through information about this place I actually found um, uh, some information about the fact that they uh, applied for funding to do some uh, archaeological digging around the Dobbins Inn to try and work out the age of this mm-hmm. place. And there's this extraordinary extraordinary PDF that tells all the information about the, the, Carrick, uh, the um, Dobbin Inn mm-hmm. and uh, the delightful pictures, the, ca- the cartography is absolutely spellbinding. And when we say uh, pictures, we're not talking photographic pictures, no, are we? No, we're talking about hand hand sketches of the buildings that were there at the time. And some so, of them are very childlike. Yes, so you have to, you have to picture a cartographer sitting somewhere with paper and pencil and drawing what he's actually visually seeing. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that when the tower house that is built or originally built on the space where the Dobbins Inn now sits uh, was there, there was not that much else around it. Mm. 
and the tower the the tower houses were really really important i think from the vantage point of height uh, so that they could see all these marauding well that's what pavons, they were built for yeah, yeah coming in and so they were strategic places all around uh, the township um, and so there would have been bloody battles around and within the the tower walls the the ground is soaked in blood the ground is soaked in blood there's an echo in the room did you hear that Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the Norman knight Reginald Dorbin was gifted some land in the shadow of the castle, and we're talking about Carrickville. Uh, Carrick Fergus Castle. Mm-hmm. And it's literally across the road. Literally across the road, which his master Sir Hugh de Lacey had completed in 1200. And the tower house he built there became the inn as we know it today, or the Dobbin Inn, mm. as it's it Dobbins, is known. isn't it? Dobbins? Dobbins, Dobbins Inn. Dobbin yeah, Dobbins inn. with an S, not Dobby, but Dobbins. Dobbins. In 1315, Carrick Fergus was attacked by Edward Bruce's army and was swiftly overrun by a butt, sorry, but a body of a man. By a butt? (laughs) By a body. Oh, stop it. (laughs) But a body of men under John Logan slammed the castle gates and the siege began. She's got new teeth, people. She's not coping with them. In their number was Thomas Dobbin, D-O-B-Y-N, whose family feared for his safety since tales of Scottish prisoners began or being eaten by the defenders was being circulated by the townsfolk. What? Somebody started a rumour. Oh, yeah, they eat you. Yeah, well, the Scottish. So they were probably afraid of those. I'll put them in haggis. W- weird men in skirts. Oh. They were they were heathen, heathen blackguards. Oh, sexy. And, Have you and, seen those videos of those men in kilts? Oh, <gasps> hello. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So you can imagine this, this township being in absolute, like, f- freaking out because these... these Demonic people were coming over, and um, they'd eat. They'd eat people. They'd alive. eat the babies. <laughs> babies save the babies. I bet they ate the virgins instead. Just. Oh, I'm feeling naughty. Oh, we've got the wheeze. We've got the wheeze. Renata's hiding behind her paper. She's now lost it. That was pretty quick. I think we've made it ten minutes in. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't see. She's fucked uh, up. <laughs> okay, they were reunited in August 1316 when the siege was lifted, and at Dundalk in 1318, Bruce was defeated, hanged, and quartered with a grisly portion sent to Carrick Fergus, where it was raised on a pike at the castle. As oh, you do. Poor Bruce. They would. Did you do you remember that movie with um, what's his face? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Braveheart. Where they where they um, uh, drew and quartered him at the end. Oh, vaguely. It was a long time ago. I just remember them all flashing their butts. Yeah, well, uh, draw, drawing and quartering is very very grisly, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to be as, as alive as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they chop you up into little bits, and then they send bits off to all f- four. Four sounds like a home delivery service. <laughs> four areas. Uber um, eats. So Uber that Uber bodies. Just so so that your soul is discombobulated and can't cannot fly. get. Can, oh. I can't find my head. It's a little bit Harry Potterish, isn't it? Yes. We've lost all that. What do they call those things? The Horcruxes. So that's awful. A grisly portion was sent to Carrick Fergus, where it was raised on a pike at the castle. God. 
people. By 1401, Peter Dobbin was constable of the castle, his salary for the first year described as the profits of the town's water mill, a liberty of £23.16 and 8 pence. That would have been a fortune. Granted for the defence of the castle and 100 cattle, grazed free by the grace of the corporation. In the century following, a succession of family-held civic office becoming either sheriff or mayor. So this is this is kind of the back history of how um, this particular family, the Dobbins, actually got to own the tower building. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, uh, it was actually spelt, as mentioned before, D-O-B-Y-N. Mm-hmm. It is now D-O-B-B-I-N-S. Mm. Uh, so in 1401, Peter Dobbin was constable of the castle. Oh, I've read that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Short-term memory. <laughs> During the plantation of Ulster, under King James, the Dobbins Castle was shelter for those souls wishing to celebrate Mass. And during this period, oh, the, priest, priest hole? the priest's hole Yay! was constructed and is visible today near reception. If we don't get to visit a priest's hole, I'm going to be really upset. Look, So I've been in the reception there. Nobody pointed out a priest's hole you, to me. I would have stuck my finger in there straight away. <laughs> didn't ask, did you? Didn't know to ask probably, for the priest's hole. Probably a piece of carpet over it. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some shelving or something over there. Yeah, I did see the fireplace, but mm. that was exciting. So during uh, this period, one of the town's most endearing ghost stories has its origin, and uh, I won't go into that. Okay, um, there is it's there's just one person with a very unfortunate nickname. Right. A few lines in the ancient work Miskimen's History and Antiquities of Ireland lend weight to the claim that the inn is the oldest in Ulster. When writing of Mayor James Dobbin in 1662, she says, He thought of ancient family yet kept an inn and sold ales. On the 16th of April, 1642, the Dobbin children are playing near the shoreline when ships are sighted. Soon, many men in tartan much f- march from the town. <laughs> Brother. March? <laughs> tells young Eliza that General Monroe's army are going to fight crown enemies at Newry. Maybe we do need a holiday, Renata. These <laughs> scenes are vividly brought to mind when, as a mother herself, on the 14th of June 1690, with cousin Robert Clark, she gazes in awe at the army of William of Orange disembarking from a fleet at the old landing stage near the castle. The men set off on their long march to an important battle at the Boyne River. Boing. Boing. <laughs> Boing. I'll open that and set her off. <laughs> oh, we've got a snort. That's made my day. I didn't even have to try hard on and that well, one. The thing is, I, I can go on with this history. And on but and on. It's boring. <laughs> It's, it's boring. Well, I'd say it's going to be a short episode because I don't have a huge amount on this one either. Oh. But I did find, I did find my little, oh, you know, little bit of juicy at the end. All right. So, oh, she's going to bore you a bit more. Hang on. <laughs> let's go back to the seventeens. Seventeen oh two. Only a few of the family were in the borough. Peter had bought land in London. William had left to find fortune in the New World, and Stephen moved to. Ama, uh, in- <laughs> boing, ama, boing. 
Take a breath. Breathe. Don't snort again, please. Oh, how can something so simple upset us so much? And this is the time where you need to pull your car over to the side of the road until we can all gather ourselves and start again. Are you with me, Renata? No. All right. Well, I'm just going to pause and I'll, I'll let it catch your breath. Hang on. Okay, I, I, I think she's she's got herself composed. Right. She's lost though. <laughs> I give up. This 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 it's convoluted, it's boring, it's like telling grandma's history. You know when <laughs> It's like watching some long lost relatives photos from the holiday. No, you know when grandma goes shopping. And she's going to tell you which aisle she bought the, the strawberry and what shelf it's on, and got to look for the picture of the, the glass jar. Yes, and I don't want to be offensive to the Irish people because I know it was it was like siege after siege and fight after fight and and people. Shall were, we just go back to the bloody ground? Yeah, and people were like coming from everywhere and. And pillaging and eating virgins and <laughs> raping and doing horrible stuff. Um, so let's go to the 19th century. Oh, hallelujah! <laughs> so they've burnt, pillaged, raped, yeah, and they've done all these horrible yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. up to the 19th, <clears throat> which is the 1800s. Yeah. So in the 19th century, the building became two townhouses and remained thus until 1946, when they were converted to a hotel by the Mabut family. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that? M-A-B-B-U-T-T. The most famous patrons were matinee idols Jack Hawkins and Carpet Tycoons. (laughs) Cyril Ward. Well, they're famous. Who regaled their guests at the inn. Gaining a reputation for hospitality, the hotel passed to the celebrated Betty and Joe Wilson, then to entrepreneur John McVeigh, who brought about the maritime flavour. Awesome. Did they dip their food in the salt water or something to get the maritime flavour? Mm. Uh, now, uh, they did lots of renovations when the new people came in and restorations. Teams of local tradesmen and advisors came in. They removed the original plaster from the front of the building uh, and this is when they started to restore the original 15th century townhouse look. Uh, All the works took 18 months to complete uh, and also included a full replacement of the hotel roof and all the hotel's windows to a more traditional finish. Uh, The restoration work included two open fires. That's a lot of money. And, yeah, yep. Um, Now, the works process uncovered stonework and wooden beams from the 15th century, Mm -hmm. so that's the 1400s, which drew both local and national attention from archaeologists and historians as well as capturing the imagination of the general public in Carrick, Fergus and beyond. These discoveries and developments add a new chapter to the hotel's already fascinating and unique history. So following timber dating analysis, it was established that the building was as old as circa 1530. And at that time, it was a residence for the Dobbin family. So the building became the main bakery for the town. And um, then it was a barracks building. And it's... uh, uh, 
and that's when kind of it lost the appearance of a tower house. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is um, on our Facebook page for True Hauntings, I'm going to take a photo um, of the uh, information that I have about the building itself and the cartography pictures and I'm going to post it up for people so people can have a look. So you're going to post pictures of the maps? Yes, yes. They are and They are fascinating. They are beautiful. And literally, um, Carrigsville is, or Carrigville is one street. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And on either side of the street, there are buildings. Um, on, Not now, back then. Yeah, on one side, um, <laughs> there is obviously um, farming land because there are what looks like... Um, haystacks, or if they're not, they're little buildings for little people. <laughs> <laughs> and on the right-hand side, um, you've got the river. Um, so, and that's about as exciting as the township is, even though it is older than mm-hmm. Belfast. Um, and I can't say much more than that, really. Well, that's okay. It's, look, it's it's awesome stuff for people who are interested in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know that if I read it all, it will just send people to sleep. Yeah, and we can't have that while they're driving. No. Or at the gym, pumping, pumping iron. So I'm going to jump over to mine now. Yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, So... As I said, my husband and I have been to Carrickfergus and uh, we we drove out that way. It's up in Northern Ireland. We went that way because we were going to the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. uh, experience mm-hmm. at a castle that they used a lot. I think it was the um, 
the what's the main castle that the Jon Snow lived at not when he was growing up as a boy it's that castle where the the family lived oh god it's been a while since I watched Game of Thrones but um, they have various tours experiences that you can do in that location it wasn't too far from Carrick Fergus and uh, I did um, see the Dobbins Inn on something I couldn't remember what it was at the time but I do remember that some somebody had been in there and filmed something like, mm-hmm. well let's stay there that sounds good oh, um, most haunted have been there I think they mm. did a one of the big uh, paranormal groups has been there yeah. and have done a, a, yeah, an I've, episode I've, I've got some information on that so mm-hmm. um, yeah just let me say that the Game of Thrones tour was not what I was expecting uh, we chose to do the bike riding experience <laughs> That's right. I remember you telling me about yep. that. And there is a video, which I, if I can find it, I'll pop it up there of um, my husband and I on said bike riding experience. Um, let's say that when I was a teenager, early 20s, I used to ride push bikes everywhere. It was my main form of transport. Um, I had a bit of a romantic attachment to one of my bicycles. I loved it dearly and polished it often. Uh, <laughs> she's looking at me like I'm weird now. Uh but, you know, as they say, you, once you've ridden a bike, you can always get back on again and ride. But as we get a bit older, our anatomy just doesn't want to sit on those little narrow bike seats anymore. <laughs> They're tiny, aren't they? Yeah. And it, it um, rubbed on places I never thought you could rub and not in a good way. Uh, but we, we we followed the map and mm-hmm. the map wasn't really well laid out. Mm-hmm. And we got lost. Oh, no. And um, the, the place was closing in half an hour. And we worked out on the map that we were probably about an hour away <gasps> from where we needed to be. Oh, no. Then it started to pour rain. And I was miserable. And it was my husband that had chosen to take that path. And so I, I was <clears throat> as cranky as old poop with him. <clears throat> yeah, I'll find the video. It's very funny. But back to Carrick Fergus. Back to Dobbins Inn. So there is a famous ghost. Now, the first thing I found when I started to research this one is that we have the same story told over and over and over. And it's very limited. But what I did pick up on was the amount of different time frames for Mm -hmm. the same story. Right. So let let me give you this one first. This is from the website hauntedrooms.co.uk. And it says, 15th century, during this time, the inn was to acquire its now resident ghost, Elizabeth. The then wife of the owner, Hugh Dobbins, and she had fallen in love with a soldier stationed at Carrickfergus Castle. And she used a passage at the back of the old stone fireplace to secretly meet with the soldier, simply mm. known as... Not a back passage. A back passage. <laughs> That's what you should use when you're having affairs, isn't it? The back passage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, I'm about to reveal the, okay. the soldier's oh, name. This just kills everything. Sorry. It's such a sexy it name. Is. It's so sexy. It, it's, it makes you very scared. Mm. Button Cap. <laughs> That's his nickname, Button Cap. <laughs> yes, you heard right. I thought it was a spelling mistake until no. I looked it up and it was everywhere. It's because they used to have big buttons on their, uh, their coats or something like that. Anyway, it wasn't long before her husband was to discover the affair. And the reports say he murdered both of them with his sword. Mm. Elizabeth's ghost is the one that wanders, they've said. Um, yeah, wanders around the hotel to this day. But they don't call her Elizabeth. No, no, just, just oh, back sorry. up, sorry. back up. 
1946, the inn underwent a makeover. Yes, uh-huh. okay, we, yes, we yes, talked about yes. that. And the spirit of Elizabeth became known as Maud all right. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And is still said to haunt the rooms and the corridors of the inn, stroking the faces of guests. And other people have reported the sight of a black mass. Now, we're not talking about the Roman Catholic mass. Mm-hmm. A black mass or shape mm-hmm. shooting from the reception area over to the old stone fireplace where this tunnel still resides. Ah. Mm. Does the tunnel still reside? Mm. Does it? Maybe not. Oh, okay. Now, one other uh, phenomena mm. that they reported was a coin hitting the head of one of the workers there at the end of a busy night service and mm-hmm. to turn around and find no one was there. Mm-hmm. Right, so that was the, the 15th century. The very next article I looked up, which was mysteriousbritain.co.uk, reports in the 1700s the landlord's wife was said to be having a steamy affair with a soldier. Mm-hmm. Husband found out, murdered them both. Elizabeth's spirit never left the home. Uh, and they talk about, once again, the gentle touch of the face. Uh, indistinct female f- figure flits across reception and disappears into a fireplace. Oh. So we've had a black mass. Mm-hmm. Now we've got an indistinct female figure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then we get to the BaltimoreFishBowl.com with the stories. Now, this is where I got my uh, soundscape from. This is this lovely lady. Let me find her name again. Um, Kimberly Lynn. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's talking about the that they decided to stay there for the night. And there's supposed to be a two-block-long tunnel that once connected the fortress to this crooked hotel. Now, let me tell you, it is very crooked. That was one thing Roman and I remembered about staying there, that the passages that you went to your rooms from was not in a straight line by any stretch of any imagination. Mm-hmm. There was un... Uh, steps up, steps down, little a couple steps down, and then a couple steps back up again. It was all over the place, but it was fabulous. Mm-hmm. The walls were leading, and and but it was all neat and clean and tidy. Mm-hmm. But it was just it, oh, it's so old. Yes, love it. Love that sort of stuff. Now she's. This is back to the Baltimore fishbowl. Here we go. Somewhere in the 14th century. Oh, gosh. Right. So we're going back even further. Yes. The hotelier returned from the Crusades to catch his wife, Elizabeth Dobbins, and a Norman soldier in an embrace and killed them both, maybe with a sword and maybe in a tunnel. (laughs) I love how she says that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, And apparently the Irish do consider it good luck to have a ghost in your house. Did you know that? No. Especially when it sells rooms well. Yes. And it gets booked out in advance. That's what they said. Yes. Okay. Oh, look, I, I need to read a little bit more of this because... She just has a way with words okay. that um, make me giggle. Elizabeth and her soldier risked everything for that brief sugar kiss. For that sweetness be all on judgment that's too big to hold for any length of time. Their meetings proved too few and brief, like fleeting rain after drought. <sighs> What's she been taken? I don't know. Did they fight back? 
did he die as she watched in horror? How does one swing a rapier in a tunnel? <laughs> That's a good question. It is. I just would have poked <laughs> him with it. Is it worse to have known something that true only to feel the loss of honey coursing through veins? Oh, oh my God. Oh, honey coursing through veins. Oh, oh, I think I want to vomit. <laughs> but she does go on to say that guests claim that um, they're awoke to someone or something holding their hands. This tale reminds me of Kathy's tragic phantom in Wuthering Heights. <laughs> and now that's our favourite song. Come on. We're out of the Right. Now I've lost my spot. But, oh, that's right, because they were talking about... Um, how they what happened to them during the night so uh they they went to to sleep i don't think they got room 21 but they got the room next door uh she slept clutched um i sleep clutched my arms wrapped around each other in a tight pretzel awake once to the sound of my glasses knocked off the bedside table no clammy hand searches for my bunched fingers but in the morning we objects dot the floor, spectacles, bits of tea wrappers, Advil packages and receipts. I'm a compulsive. There's no way I would have fallen into unconsciousness with pens and keys scattered across the thin and wavy carpet. Joan, my friend, blames the narrow beds. Our shoulders ache. <coughs> <laughs> what does one make of that? So apparently... <laughs> Renata's just lost for words. You should see her face. <clears throat> so they've gone down uh, for breakfast and they've spoken to Edith, who was apparently a buxom blonde, mm-hmm. uh, and was telling them about the ghost stories and... Um, she says she knows the legends and she doesn't think that the tunnel is real, but she adds that at midnight there are military spectres that march through the bar. Oh. I've never heard of that one anywhere else. That's interesting. And uh, she said, you mean Elizabeth Soldier? And the lady replies, who's to say? Hmm. I think they're having a little bit of fun. They also add another story to the mix, which is why I did enjoy this lady's story. Yes. Apparently there is a wayfish dead boy... Uh, in the meeting room and it makes it hard for them to rent that room out. The whole floor is tangled with a mess of ghosts, says this lovely hostess. She says a baby was still born in our room and its blood soaks the floorboards. That's Ew. sad. I know, it's very sad. Uh, but how many hundreds of years ago was that? And that's that's when they think maybe it was the baby that caused the rappers to fall on the ground. <sighs> anyway, a lot of the cleaning staff don't like to go into room 21. They say that it is the most haunted room. Uh, they won't clean it alone. They say the light and the shade pulls swing on their own accord. Uh, they regularly find the Monet print that's in the room face down on the carpet. And this lady herself had heard the cry of help. Yeah, very exciting. Obviously, the ghosts don't appreciate Monet. Mm. Right. So they they were a little bit nervous about going back into their room, and apparently, they, the the lady had been cleaning their room, and as they got back to their room, the maid has backed out very carefully out of the room, 
terrified look on her face. And these two ladies have poked their head into the room to see what is going on. When the buxom barmaid bursts out of the wardrobe, covered in a sheet, laughing hysterically. Oh, no. Oh, no. They like to have a little bit of a laugh. (laughs) But as they were giggling, Uh the TV turned on by itself across the room Mm -hmm. uh, to a French cooking show. Uh, The housekeeper stopped laughing and startled. Because it was a French show and they can't get French television there. Oh. So they can't work out why all of a sudden the TV firstly turned on by itself Mm -hmm. and there's a French show on. Now, I'm going to jump in here and say it could have been a remote from another TV. And I'm sure you can get French cooking shows. But, I mean, once you do something like that, once you do a little bit of a, a party gag... Then it makes you doubt everything else that goes on. That is true. Yes. In saying that, though, I did find another report of the TV turning on by itself. Now, this was a um, review that somebody had left from March 2020, which is not that long ago. This is Alice. Myself and two friends stayed over in the family room and the TV switched off when no one was near the remote. The next day, as we waited for our taxi in the reception, the receptionist had gone off somewhere else. Mm -hmm. We were sitting there silently looking out of the window for our taxi when I distinctly heard a male voice making a... "Mm." sound as if it was tired coming from behind me i turned around and no one was there did you hear that i asked one of my friends and i went i heard it said my other friend so there were three of us two of us heard it one didn't i would say this inn is very haunted hmm all right now i've got to make the decision of where to go to next i might go to my report from an awesome tv show that I found and I realized I used to watch this show a lot and I hadn't watched it for a long time and I used to really enjoy it and then I realized it was these guys that taught me how to use dowsing rods you know how we've started using dowsing rods recently yep it was these guys that taught me how to use dowsing rods and I love the medium that they use so the the show is called Northern Ireland's Greatest Haunts And it's season two, episode four, and the presenter is Andy Matthews, and they've got a whole team that go in. They've done a great job of filming it, and it seems um, fairly legit to me. It doesn't feel like one of those overacted, overreacted Mm -hmm. shows. Mm -hmm. So they were talking to a lovely lady called uh, Karen Smith. Spelt with a Y. Um, I was trying to work it with Carol or Karen. I couldn't quite understand with the accent. Um, but she was reporting things like that she's had her clothing tugged at the bar. In the kitchen, they've had pots and pans fall off the shelves. They're on hooks, so they have to be actually lifted to get them uh-huh. off. It's yep. not just a matter of them slipping off. Yep. Uh, they've had food that have been knocked off the shelves and landed on a mess all over the floor, which sounds like poltergeist. Poltergeist. Poltergeist activity. Yes, yep. And then she reported that Maud is on the first floor. She hangs out there. They say that room 21 is where her presence is felt the strongest. 
and the Karen that we were talking to uh, is very nervous and, and doesn't particularly like the bathroom area. Now, they went up there straight away and Andy has immediately gone that it feels like it's a very dense, woozy energy. It's claustrophobic, feels like they're being watched. But again, the stories are there. So is that being programmed in or is that truly what he's feeling? Mm-hmm. Uh, then the, it comes up with the story there that apparently she took her own life because of the affair. So we've had yet another version right. of the of what happened. Yep. Morden button coat. Then they, button, button cap. Button cap. Oh, okay, button coat there. <laughs> All right. Now we go over to the historian. To uh, her name was uh, Doreen Kokorin, and I've got Kokorins in my family history apparently. Cochran, Kokorin, and she said historically there was these men that were positioned in the castle across the road, (coughs) and there was a real character, an ensign, that had a liaison with one of the officers' wives. Oh. And that blood was drawn. Right. So that's a historical thing. Yep. Now, I've got a little bit of a twist on that later. Okay. Oh, I like a little bit of a twist. So we we know that that actually happened. I've lost page two. This is not good. Oh, it's over on the back. Now, then they bring in the medium. Now, she is a glorious lady. I love her. Her name is either Marion or Mariam. Uh, good fellow. And now the first thing that she's picked up on is she said, I feel like there is something under the ground, subterranean. She said, I almost feel like I'm walking through to my waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we've heard of things like that before where the, um, the, what do you call it, when they've got residual hauntings and it, because the levels are not the same, the yeah. road levels are not the same. So the road or the, the bottom of the house could be down lower. Yeah. There are no proof of tunnels, though. There's lots of stories of tunnels mm-hmm. in uh, Carrickfergus with pirates and nefarious things and raiders and stuff going on there. Yep. Uh, but they've got no proof. So she felt that there was a connection between the castle and that building. Now, supposedly she goes in with no history. Uh, now, when she went up to the, the first floor she said she encountered a lady who was going shh shh go away you're not allowed up here okay okay then um she got up to room 21 and she actually said there's a gentleman energy here she said it's not female and that it was like a choking sensation as if somebody was being choked Mm -hmm. uh strangled or they had hung themselves in here a middle-aged man around 50 55 who was very depressed and unhappy it sort of reminded me a little bit of the Rocks Hotel. Remember the Rocks Hotel we stayed in? That was yes. yep. those the walls were not straight and everything and yep. ups and downs. It, yeah. Anyway, they they were using dowsing rods of communication. We know they can be manipulated, but they did some EVP sessions. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, this is quite an old show now, uh, relatively, and they were trying to do real time EVP. So they had somebody listening in on a microphone in another room. Yeah. And we know the RT EVP, the real-time EVP, um, would let you listen into the recording a couple of seconds after it had been recorded so you could see if something had imprinted. Mm-hmm. So they had the the first EVP was a male voice and it said, um, oh, they said, did you shoot someone? And the EVP said, please stop. Right. 
So whoever it was didn't want to talk about it. Then, uh, what did they say? Oh, you must talk to us, they said. And they had a male saying, leave me. Then the medium said, you don't need to be here. And the response there was, they won't let me or they don't love me. Then our medium, Marion, has gone, reach across the void and grab the hand of someone you love. Are you in pain? And then the voice that they got is, will you carry me with you? Oh. Oh, I've got goosebumps. That's a lot of EVP. Yeah, they were astounded while they were doing this. You could see that they were so excited that they were getting all this response that was coming through. Um, And as the medium's sitting there and she's trying to help him cross over uh, and move on, she suddenly said, there's a female here. She's gone, don't pull him back. Don't pull him back. And they got another EVP at that stage, which said, it's okay. And it was a female voice. Oh, wow. Isn't that that's, great? That's amazing. It is. Now, mm, the fun bit begins. So that was, and they actually did some experiments. And watch the episode if you can, because they do some experiments with um, not the Carillion photography, but aura photography, because mm-hmm. Carillion is quite different to aura photography, where um, Mariam uh, starts to go into trance and, um, you know, as if to channel or connect with the other side. Mm -hmm. And the photos that they show are of her, because they kept taking it a couple of seconds apart, of this this glow mist um, enveloping her slowly until Mm -hmm. she completely disappears. Mm. That's fascinating. Anyway, um, now let me get over to my little bit of um, juicy stuff. Right. Apparently, across the road, in the gift shop, in the castle, they've got some postcards of Frederick William Burton's romantic painting, The Meeting on the Turret Stairs. A man in light armour and a broadsword plants his lips inside the soft arm of a voluptuous maiden on curved steps. Her plaited head turns from him into the stronghold, but even their closed eyes betray simmering, blind passion. Is this the same writer that wrote the other Yeah, how can you tell? (laughs) But... Is is yeah, we've got the female hanging off the soldier sort of thing here. Yep. It's a picture. Yeah. It's not not a real thing. It's a picture on a wall. Yeah. Is could this maybe be the source of what started off the ghost story? But wait, I've got more. <sighs> I know, it's very exciting, isn't it? Let it be a real story, please. Oh I I don't know. I still don't know, but let me tell you about Carrick Fergus Castle, and it is just across the road. Oh, I have to tell you one other thing about this whole trip um, with my husband is that there is a Brian Ferry song called <laughs> Carrick Fergus. Uh-huh. He put it on repeat for the hour's drive to oh. get to Carrick Fergus because he just wanted to immerse himself in the song. I hate it. I'm traveling. I'm traveling. It's a miserable song, mm-hmm. and let me tell you. Carrick Fergus is a very sad town. When we were there, 
it was very hard to raise a smile out of anyone. There were yeah. so many shops that were shut. Yeah. Um, business was obviously not good. And this is way pre-COVID. Yeah. This would be six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were struggling. So uh, my heart went out to them. So let me tell you this little story. Okay. Uh, Carrick Fergus sits, uh, Castle sits on top of Jagged Knoll, an imposing fortress whose origins stretch back to 1185. All right, I'm going to skip over to some of the the good bits. Uh, they had buccaneers there. Buccaneers. Yeah, buccaneers. Do you know where their hat is? On their buccaneer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One such buccaneer was John de Courcy, a Norman lord, who had heard a prophecy that Ulster would one day be conquered by a white knight from a foreign land riding a white horse with birds of prey upon his shield. Since he was fair-haired, de Courcy became convinced that he was the knight of whom the legend spoke and thus mounted upon a white horse bearing a shield emblazoned with heraldic birds. He led a small band of well-armed soldiers into Ulster and began a bloody campaign of conquest that lasted for over a quarter of a century. Wow, what a bastard. Yeah, I know. Each victory was consolidated with a castle such as one at uh, the one at Carrickfergus, which now has the distinction of being the oldest intact stone castle in Ireland. Mind you, we were there for a couple of days and we could not get into the fecker. It was always shut. Okay, so in 1210, the castle was taken over by King John, who made it an administrative centre for English government in which capacity it served for the next seven centuries. There is a deep, dark well in the castle around which the ghostly apparition of a soldier is said to appear uh-huh. they're borrowing the soldier mm, a tragic tale of love and betrayal culminating oh. in monumental miscarriage of justice is said to lie behind the haunting Robert Rainey, a soldier stationed at Carrickfergus Castle around 1760, was a man with a wild reputation. But when met and fell in love with a local girl named Betsy Baird, he vowed to forsake his wayward ways if she would marry him and was overjoyed when she consented. But unbeknown to Rainey, Betsy was also involved with the brother of the commanding officer, a Colonel Jenkins. Have we seen any sort of similarities happening here? How Rainey discovered his fiancée's infidelity is unknown, but when he did, his reaction was one of uncontrollable fury, and when he encountered his rival on the road outside, he ran him through with his sword. Mm. Calmly sheathing his weapon, he returned to his quarters, washed away the incriminating bloodstains and went to bed. Mm-hmm. As you do. Stationed at the castle was another soldier called Timothy Lavery, who bore an uncanny resemblance to Robert Rainey. Before Jennings died, he was able to tell his brother what had happened, although he insisted that Laverty had been his assailant. The unfortunate Lavery was charged with murder and despite his protestations and innocence was found guilty and sentenced to death. As the noose was placed around his neck, he summoned up every last ounce of strength and vowed to haunt, vowed to haunt the castle forevermore. Although Rainey confessed the truth many years later, Timothy Lavery's indignant spectre was singularly unimpressed and continues to hover over the old well, which some call Button Cap's Well. 
Ah, right. In his honour. Right. This was his nickname in life, earned as a result of his always wearing a large button at the centre of his cap. That was from Mm hauntedbritain.com. That's Carrick Fergus Castle. Castle. Not Dobbins Inn. Not Dobbins Inn. Right. And we've got the whole story of a bit of uh, lust and romance over that side as well. Yes. Is it two separate incidents? Mm. Is it the picture on the wall Mm -hmm. that has started off the whole story and somebody's gone, oh, that must be the lovers. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the way, it's all got, as we like to say, discombobulated. Mm. What do you reckon? Or are they just they just using the same bit of history? I mean, spirits that are intelligent can travel. There's no issue with them going across the road to the inn. Well, maybe some might disagree with you there, may, Renata. Maybe they might have had their fling at times in one of the rooms of the inn. I mean, or, we don't know how long all of this lasted, do we? Could have been a fling in the back passage. It could have been a, a fling in the black pas- back, back passage. <laughs> that... Does <laughs> slip oh. of the tongue. Oh, yes. We'll go back to this. <laughs> oh, good God. We'll be in virgins again shortly. Did you tell we're back? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. So, so in all, in all of this, in mm-hmm. all of this, the history of these places is it's amazing, but for the average person who isn't a history buff, it's pretty boring to read through it all because it's character after character after character and you really have to get into the history of Ireland to understand. And Northern Ireland. Yeah. And let me tell you, the difference between Northern Ireland and Ar- the main Ireland is it's it's really like two different countries. Yeah. Definite different feel. Yep, yep. So they 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 are all outstanding characters, but for 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 the podcast here, it's just too deep to get into all of that. That's why I've sort of I stopped, and I'm so glad you had all the rest of that information. Yeah, fluffed it and made it oh, really a oh, great story. Good and the fluffing. fact the fact that you were there and uh, you actually walked those halls mm. and walked in, and unfortunately missed the priest hole oh, no. completely. And um, didn't get room 21. That's okay. I didn't know about room 21 at the time. So, um, Did you feel anything while you were there? No, I didn't, actually. I I didn't sense anything, feel anything. I mean, that's not generally how it worked, but I do remember being a little disappointed because I didn't even get a tingle. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Roman. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was kind of not... Yeah, and that's sometimes what happens when these places are um, over-renewed, mm. where they really take a lot of the that fabric out and just modernise the whole thing to the nth degree. Yeah. You kind I of am, tend to lose the flavour of it. It did retain quite a bit of its character. I do have a photo of the fireplace mm-hmm. um, from my collection. I've also got a photo of my husband, Roman, standing just outside the Dobbins Inn, pointing to a sign that made him very, very happy. I think it was like, um, for the next 100 metres, humps. Oh, okay. That made his day. Well, you'll have to post those on I will. the I will. Um, and I think it was podcast his, page. He also got his first glass of Guinness from a pub there. Ah, yes. And we did have a really nice pub meal across the road yeah. there. Um, I mean, it, it was very, it was dreary, but um, I, I did enjoy the Dobbins Inn. Mm-hmm. It was lovely. 
Awesome. And you got to get off the bike and um, lay down. <laughs> My poor bottom was so <laughs> sore for days. In places it shouldn't be. Mm. Anyway. Yes, let's finish. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of True Hauntings. <laughs> Renata's going, thank God. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this around. Also, we know that there are some uh, awards on at the moment, which we're going to be letting people know about it. Uh, if you could vote for us in the uh, podcast category, we'd be really very grateful. So pop over to our Facebook page and uh, we'll have all that information there. Uh, but in the meantime... Yeah, we're going to the dark side, girl. (laughs) We'll meet you there. We'll see you on the dark side, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata... Follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.